Hello everyone and welcome to the first proper episode, the first round proper, you could say, of the Onion Bag here on Spark with myself, Dom Aberdeen, and what better company to be in than Jack Ostwick and Liam Caffrey. We're going to be talking about the World Cup as is the way right now. We'll be talking about England versus France and our predictions from the other week. Let's get into it. We're, uh, we're quite the prediction gods, aren't we lads? I think, yeah, if you did hear the first episode, we predicted the full round of 16 and got 7 out of 8 correct. The it's only one we did get it. wrong was a penalty shootout between Japan and Croatia. I think the big shout was uh, Morocco, Spain. <laughs> I mean, I, I was the persuader and I got Dom on the side. Caffrey didn't quite You agree. need to take full credit for that, man. But Morocco did end up winning on penalties. That's Caffrey. Um, well, Morocco just surprised us all, didn't they? We knew they were a team. Uh, they were a good team. But uh, I just thought Spain had too much quality, especially in the midfield. But uh, I was wrong. Their defence is just it was insane, wasn't it? You, uh, Jack said himself, he was like, he could see a repeat of what happened last uh, last time out in Russia, going out in the last sixteen. To be fair, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend that like it was either me or him. It was just you said it, you sold it to us, and. You put it out in uh, into the universe, so you know what, fair enough lad, fair enough. Put my neck on the line with that one, I think. But uh, if you do look at Spain, you see the last three major tournaments that have gone out on penalty shootouts, so maybe there is, maybe they are the new England yeah. for penalty shootouts, you could say, have to lose in uh, Morocco. I, I think that Russia. Costa Rica game, like, filled us all. Fluke. I think Costa Rica were particularly bad, Yeah. and Spain just had a particularly good game. And then, who the player after that, Germany, after Spain scored, I thought, they were never going to do anything. It was just a matter of time before Germany scored. Obviously, they got a bit of Japan. I do think that uh, that seven 0 covered up quite a bit, as that was the only game they won in the tournament, mm. which is mm. quite outstanding, really. Um, so much for golden generation, eh? Yeah, but I, I, as much as I do like Morata, you, you've got to look at that Spain side and do think it lacks firepower. I mean, you can score seven goals against Costa Rica, but that was just an all-round good team performance, dominating possession, and they created a lot of chances. Um, but on the whole I do think they they lack firepower and they need a big number nine to come through if they do want to make it further in tournaments right. well if you look at the the sheets because we wrote it down in front of us of all the uh, our bracket not the real one the only thing we realistically got wrong was something well firstly we had Ghana to qualify instead of Korea but to be honest is either of you's well Obviously, we didn't, but did you really see how that group unfolded? Like, because I didn't, I didn't see her going the way it did. I think there's a note, uh, note to be taken that we did either way predict an upset of Uruguay not going through. Yeah. Either way, Uruguay. The, the main Uruguay focal Uruguay point went. was Uruguay is not going out. Yeah. If yeah. I remember through, correctly, I think we all had gone at a win just through. Beat Uruguay, yeah. Yeah. Passion. Passion them. Yeah. Um, it didn't quite happen in the end for them, but South Korea did beat what was. A second string Portugal team, but yeah. a win is a win, and they ended up through to the knockout phase. Played Brazil, and they didn't really show Brazil class, were fantastic in that first half. Brazil in that first half, I think they were 4 0 up by the 35th minute, which is just absolutely. It's rude, to be honest. Could you imagine that was against England? Imagine the press of if they did four ro- uh, four routined dancers <laughs> doing capey ups. Uh, doing a goalkeeper substitution during a knockout match of the World Cup. The manager dancing 
Aye, doing this chicken. Could you imagine <laughs> the the outrage in this country if that was against England? I tell you what, I would be fuming if it was against England because it wasn't. I'm all for it. Like you seen Roy Keane, Roy Keane kicking off the <laughs> just, just, just enjoy him, man. Just like, enjoy him. I, I thought it was brilliant. I love the I love all the little dances they come out <laughs> with. I think it's fantastic. I mean, they're in the same game as Korea. They can enjoy it as much as any other team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I think I think that it's deserved. And now they've set up a quarter-final tie against Croatia after they beat Japan on penalties, which was the only prediction we did get wrong. But aye, but it's unlucky to go out on. I don't think anyone could have predicted how bad them Japanese penalties actually could have been. It, it's an unlucky way to get out. No matter whether it's club, country, what competition you. The worst way to lose is on pens. I know, but like it's not even that's the way the lost on penalties. Yeah, like, that's very true. I don't understand as a professional footballer how you can't. You're a professional footballer, I. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't understand how you can't like. I know they all hit the target. I think, but like it was just like no power in it at all. Mm-hmm. It was like they were almost so scared to miss that as long as they got it on target, it's all right. I think the f- the first one hit the post. Mm-hmm. And then the scored one, the keeper saved two, and they end up losing three one. But I see what you mean. I, I feel like you just need to have a bit of conviction. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of videos flying about since then, since the Spain penalties as well of uh, Julian Dix, a footballer from the eighties, who just hammered his penalties into oh. the roof of the net and never missed. Um, and well, sometimes you just got to put maybe put your laces. Yeah. If you put, put your laces through, through it, it, it's going to be hard for the keeper because you're twelve yards out. Mm-hmm. If you hit it hard, then if it's on target nine times out of ten, it's probably going to It's either win. going in orbit or it's like, yeah. keepers not standing the chance, really. You do give the old credit to the keeper um, if they do make a good save, but on the whole, you've, you should You've got to score, score a penalty. penalty. You should score I think it just comes down to bottle, really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to... In that mindset, if you don't think... I think you can tell by the way some people take the penalties that they don't think they're going to score. Mm-hmm. You need to... Even if you don't think... You need to, like mentally convince yourself that you're going to score because if you don't have that confidence in you you know you're never going to you're never going to score it you really have to think that right it's just it's too, like you say it's 12 yards you only get one one chance to do it really so just put your put your laces through it I feel it. like though Croatia they just showed that they have got the experience and that and does really matter yeah. in tournament football yeah yeah they've got class they showed in that penalty shooter though they were, they were ice cold it's just, again, that midfield three is just... Oh, it's outstanding, isn't outstanding. it? Outstanding. If we look, continue to look on that side of the draw, um, Argentina did scrape ugly through against Australia. They did. They did make it difficult for themselves. I mean, there was a chance right at the death for Australia, but Emi Martinez pulled up a brilliant save to keep the Argentines in it, and eventually they did go through, but all credit to the Socceroos as... Um, they did put up a very good fight yeah. against one of the best nations in the world and they can uh, walk away with their heads held It's high. still a good story like to be able to in a group with the the current holders so called dark horses and they're the ones who still prevail mm-hmm. and Wabi Khazri you know <laughs> shout out Wabi Khazri um, also Netherlands made it a little bit difficult was the end but in the end it was uh, a walk in the park for them against America same with England cruise past Senegal and as did France against Poland. Um, uh, as for Portugal, well, they really did. S- put was it six one aside. finished? Six one. Six one in a round of sixteen game is absolutely criminal. Yeah. From oh Switzerland. yeah. It's pathetic from Switzerland. Switzerland weren't very good at all, but you've, you, Gonzalo Ramos coming in, he's got big boosts of fill. He's coming in. Ronaldo is the story of the round of sixteen, and he's come in and scored a hat trick. You can't really make a better first impression. Right. Does Ronaldo start in the quarters? 
I don't see any reason why he Does should. he get on the pitch? He might depend on how the game goes but I mean you're playing a Morocco team who aren't exactly easy to break down you mm. know what I mean um, so I, I don't see why he would I think you've got to play Ramos you've, you've, got, you've got to start Ramos surely but I don't, I don't know people are saying that they're trying to save him for later rounds but let's be honest he's nearly 40 year old and the person who just came in from has just scored a hat-trick I can't see him playing again at this World Cup mm-hmm. unless they get the final and they'll have to play him it's scary this, this is going to sound really weird being who he is but if you're Ronaldo and you're saying that you've got to have even like a little inkling of worry about your place in the team because let's be real he's not that guy anymore is he Come on, like nice, yeah. yes, his what he's done in his career. And can I just say it? Like we said, I think we said last week. I'm not sure that Portugal and Man United, Ronaldo will score goals, but they're pretty better without them. Yeah. And how we were proven the other day, six-one, just proved our point completely. You just looked how fluid Portugal were in attack. I mean, the spaces they created. Even mm-hmm. Guerrero got on the score sheet. Like it, the, the space that's able to be freed up for him to bomb forward, it, it just functions a lot better as a team without Ronaldo in it. And Santos made a huge call. It is a massive, massive call to leave Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench, but it pays off as you've as we've seen. Uh-huh. So going on to the quarterfinals now. At three o'clock today, we have Croatia versus Brazil. What is our predictions, lads? Brazil are wiping the floor on them. Do you think it'll be that easy? Yeah. I do think Croatia are a, a better team than Korea. They clearly are. I think the midfield battle in that game could be quite interesting. I know we've, like, well, especially myself, I've been ranting and raving about this midfield three in Croatia, but you just look at that Brazil team and you say, like, overall, it's That's just a, it's a better team. And I think, I know it's South Korea, right, but you look at a, if you come off the back of a performance like that in a cup competition, you just. That kind of form is unstoppable sometimes. Uh, but I always think with Croatia, no matter who they're playing, it'll never be an easy game for them. They'll always make a game out of it. No uh, who yeah, they'll, they'll always make a game difficult for teams. I think uh, players like they've got Casemiro in the team, for me, he's been one of the players of the tournament um, in that Brazil number six. I think it's fantastic. And Brazil, what they've got going forward, I mean, it's absolutely outstanding. You've got Rafinha... Viqueta, Neymar, Vinicius Junior. It's outstanding what they've got going forward. They will score goals, guaranteed goals. It's right. um, where Croatia can deal with that. I think uh, Joseph Guardiol, uh, Guardiol has been a standout player for Croatia in centre-back. I feel like he could get a huge move after this World Cup. So it will be an interesting tie. I think it's Brazil's toughest test so far, but it's also Croatia's. So... It'll be interesting to see how that game goes, but I can see Brazil going through. Um, so both of you think Brazil's going to win? Yeah, I think a lot more comfortably than he I'm, thinks. I'm not entirely sure. Like, obviously, that was incredible against South Korea, but I just I always say Croatia is just a good tournament team. Like, like really? On on pa- I on paper, they're obviously not as good as Brazil, but like anything can happen. It's 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 the World Cup. Anything can happen. Oh, you're absolutely That's right. That's true, but. Yeah, you've got to go Brazil when you think about it. Like, the sensible option. Yeah, if you had to put your house on one of them, you've got to put Brazil. Aye. Uh, well, I said this about Spain, but I actually believe it now. Like They have got too much quality for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a, it's a, 
It's not a bad thing to think they're arguably the best team in the world. They're number yeah. one ranked. It's, I mean, not ex- it's not exactly an insult. The squad is probably the best at the World Cup, you could say. Well, we said this um, last time, take Messi out that. Argentina team, it's not even a contest. Yeah, that's interesting. But going on to that, Messi plays at 7 o'clock tonight. And he plays the Dutch, Louis van Gaal's undefeated Dutch, that is. Mm. Um, it's 7 o'clock tonight. How do we see that one playing out? I, d- I think it'll be harder than the Brazil-Croatia game, obviously. I think, depending on whether Argentina decide to show up, because I think the Netherlands have uh, a little bit of a point to prove, missing out on a few uh, tournaments before Euro 2020. They've got uh, van Gaal back in the helm obviously rematch of the semi uh, in Brazil like we said last week I just think whoever has the better drive I know it's like the whole Messi thing but I think the Netherlands have more not bad blood but you know what I'm trying to get at I think the Netherlands will want it more in this game but obviously I think the Argentina have more class to get through it so I think Netherlands however they haven't really had a test. Yet. Yeah, that's that's my one thing. That's why I'm thinking of like the like, whole class thing. I think put those together. I think if it's a one-off, which obviously is Argentina win it, but if it was like if they had, if it was in like a league, I think Netherlands also, would win the second. Um, Argentina haven't had a really big test yet. This is this has been this will be the hardest game of their tournament. Australia didn't make it easy for them, but no. quality-wise, this is the hardest game they've played yet. I mean, yeah, you look at Argentina's form in the last like three years. They've lost, I think, one game in 38 or 39, and that was the Saudi Arabia game in the groups. Um, I th- this is just one of them games, I feel like it, it really is World Cup heritage. I remember watching that at the semi-final in Rio, and um, it was an outstanding game, brilliant game. Even though it was nil-nil, it was one of them semi-finals that really intrigues you. Went all the way to penalties. Well, not every nil-nil is boring either. No, no, so not like at all. Um, and I feel like this one could go the distance too. I feel like they're two quite evenly matched teams. I think Netherlands quite underrated in the fact that they can cause Argentina a lot of problems. I mean, Cody Gakpo, if you get him in the central areas, he can, uh, he can really damage a defence. And what has been quite a struggling Argentina defence so far, they did concede them two goals to Saudi. I just think you can get at them you really can get at them if you want to I think it'll be edged if someone's going to win it in normal time it's going to take like a moment of magic from a a certain number 10 you could argue but um, I don't know I think I don't think there'll be, be any surprises in this game like if if Netherlands are to win that'll just be normal we'll just if Argentina it. win that'll be normal like there's no shock about to happen it's just a case of who wants it more. I think the only shock would be everyone will be like, oh, Messi will never get another chance. It's not really a shock, though. It's just mm. more of like... I don't think many people... It's devastation. It's not shock. I don't think many would have took Netherlands to get to the semi-finals before the tournament, though. Definitely not. No, no, no. Don't, no. Um, I didn't rate them at all, me, personally. No, but, but you've looked at them. They, they have been good. I mean, they haven't faced a lot, but not many teams have in the groups. That's how they work. But they've cruised past seven points. He's, he's past USA. I mean... If you can get Denzel Dumfries up that right side playing like he did against America, then he's going to cause you all sorts of problems. And with Argentina's shaky defence, mm-hmm. yeah, could cause a lot of problems. But him being so far up the pitch, Messi will realise that. 
and then that's where the goals will come from. So yeah. it's basically Messi versus the Netherlands. Isn't right. it? So I think it could be high scoring. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously we, we do look at Messi as the centre point, and maybe maybe someone could argue we talk at a lot of them, but you know, it's the greatest footballer anyone's ever come across. Um, but the Argentina as a whole, I do think they do have a good squad. They've got Alvarez up front. It's a very solid number nine. Enzo Fernandez can control that midfield. I had Rodrigo de Paul is injured, but I don't think he's been very good so far. So if they have a Paredes, Fernandez, and McAllister midfield, I think that's a good midfield for them. Um, I think on the whole they do have a good squad and a good enough one to beat Netherlands. But I think Netherlands will be shrewd at the back, and uh, I think this one could go up penalties, which at that point a little bit of it's a lottery. Care. But I do think. Argentina. Is there any standout penalty takers in either of those sides, though? Because Messi hasn't got a perfect record by any means. I mean, Virgil van Dijk does love sticking one in the top he corner does. from the spot. He does. <laughs> I don't know. I just think, like I say, it is an absolute lottery in a shootout because they don't. You, you need a keeper to be good in a shootout as well as as much as you need people to score. You need someone to pull out saves. You can't really rely on other people missing. I mean, Emi Martinez has proved in the Copper America. Yeah. I think it was the semi-final against Colombia or the quarter-final. He made three saves in that shootout and basically kept Argentina in the tournament, which they did go on a win. I'm going to edge it to Argentina, but I'm I do go think it'll go all I'm going to go Argentina based on Emi Martinez. That, that is literally it. However... And a certain little man from uh, Rosario. Yeah. I do want to, however, quickly raise the question now that, like we say, this is Argentina's biggest test. If the Netherlands do go through and Argentina go out, how do you think that's Messi's World Cup dream's gone? How do you think, realistically, people are going to look back at him in a few decades or so? How do you think it affects, like, not his legacy, but, like, you know? I, I don't think it affects people's thoughts on him as a footballer yeah. I think it'll, like people from Argentina will go Maradona because the people from Argentina want a World Cup they don't care about Champions Leagues they're not from Europe yeah. they want a World Cup Maradona got them a World Cup Messi didn't mm-hmm. that's what they'll be thinking but on behalf of all football fans from neutral, neutral countries like I, I, I don't think it affects anything I think it's a bonus if he does win it. I don't yeah. think it affects it, but bear in mind this is like our generation. Like, I don't think it affects our generation because we've had the privilege to watch him. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, um, this is different in its uh, own ways, obviously, but like George Way is seen as like the best footballer to have never uh, played at a World Cup, never mind won one. I was like, would, would Messi go down as the best footballer to never win a World Cup and I, I would absolutely I would personally say yeah he's, just I like, mean, he's the best player of all time so yeah but that's what I say people are going to say it's like does the fact that like kids nowadays you see them on social media like they will lose one final and that that's their whole career written off yeah mm-hmm. so like if Messi loses uh, doesn't get a World Cup by the time he retires it's are people just going to write him off for that because if, if so I think that's absolutely stupid I mean, I know we do look at Ronaldo slightly differently because of the way he's bowing out. It's not exactly elegant. Yeah, but, that, but that's an ugly he's finish. Been, I think he's been very... For someone who's praised so much in his professionalism, he's been very unprofessional yeah. these last few months. But if we... I'd even argue last few years. On the whole, you you can say about his professionalism, but 
that would be the two greatest footballers of all time going out without a welcome. I just think which is a travesty. No matter who who you're the fan of of like Messi or Ronaldo, one you need to agree at least one of them Has needs to a World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, it would be a travesty for none of them to get one. Because it just, I'm not saying trophies define a player, but in some cases it does help boost their career and show like, oh, they were part of the team that won this or like. When you look at the thing that schools get hammered for, like, or or even in the uh, on the contrary, people look at schools and go, look at how much schools won in comparison to like Gerard and Lampard. But you have to remember he was in one of the greatest Crazy. United sides we've ever seen. But also, people take that away from him. It's like, yeah, I always find people say that about Messi. Like, yeah, they always go, yeah, he won these Champions Leagues. Look at the team around him. You cut like. That means nothing to All me, I'm but. saying is the Barcelona meltdown happens the minute he's out yeah. the door. Messi leaves. Have they won anything since? Anything major? No? I don't think so. I don't think they've won anything. I think they're, they're, they're looking they'll done for the league this year. But yeah, but how long has it took them from yeah. one player leaving? Yeah. It just shows you the impact he had. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it annoys us deep down how much people get written off purely... Like he's getting rinsed by kids online about how how his positions changed at PSJ. It's just like you're getting older. Kids and Piers Morgan. Yeah, yeah, and Piers Morgan. Why he's a man child, isn't he? Well, I'll say that, of course I am. Special guest. Right, <laughs> I'm gonna um, round this all off in the Argentina sense. Uh, I'm going Argentina win. Yeah. So is Jack. Nice. So is Dom. Yes. We all think it's not going to be an easy game for them, but we all think that the little man can edge it for them. Moment of magic incoming. Now onto the other man's nation in the goat debate. We've got Portugal, who is unlikely to feature, but can they get past Morocco, who have proved to be a solid side so far? Still, after facing Spain, Belgium, and Croatia, and still have yet to concede a goal. So still them somehow teams. here, only one goal conceded the full tournament, which was an own goal. So it's. It's an unbelievable defensive record. It's they're not, not bad, is it? They're not going to be easy. Definitely the surprise package of uh, the world. Do you think they're going to burn out this game? I think so. What I did say in the previous podcast, obviously we went through our full predictions, we did talk about this game. I said Morocco will have put everything in that Spain mm-hmm. game. That it's going to be so hard for them to get back up again and get out the celebration mode and be like, we have to do it all over again against Portugal. Could they be the first African nation to ever make a World Cup semi-final? I think with people like Hakimi and Ziyech who play at a very high level in Europe I think with them that'll help them in this case because they'll be you need players like that who are used to the big occasions used to the big occasions they can be like right lads well they won't be saying right lads but <laughs> <laughs> right lads we're, we're buzzing we've just been spearing onto the next like celebrate it when it's done it's not done we haven't we haven't won anything yet we've just gotten to the next round it's it's time to screw your heads back on, yeah. Celebrate for the night, maybe the next year, but then you get back on it. You you have to beat Portugal. Yeah, it's so hard. It must be so hard to like get yourself psyched up for yet another game after like in their in their minds, their fans, their players, they've just like won the tournament. They just beat Spain in a round of sixteen, a World Cup, and now they have to do it all over again against Portugal. Well, history's on the line. Do you know what I mean? It's like like you say, no African nation has ever made the semis and. Yeah, they may not be the greatest African side we've ever seen in a World Cup, but how important would that be to like? Be huge for the African Confederation. I know. I think the only thing you can really argue was the fact that South Africa got it, and then a couple of years later, like twelve years later, 
African nation in a semi-final that's putting not them on the map obviously but it gives that whole continent just a boost mm-hmm, definitely and when you think about uh, the Cup of Nations uh, that got loads of coverage over here for the first time really I thought I mean yes it wasn't great the whole referee stopping the game what was it 15 <laughs> minutes before mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but it's like it's great to see and I think everyone realistically other than the Portuguese is going to be rooting for them because I, you want to see a sup- you want to see the underdog prevail. Also, with like an African team getting the semi final, that will be good for Africa as well, like financially, because then people will see this team and they'll be like, right, oh, let's, I want to watch them more. I want to see where the players are from, and if there's like cover the coverage, people will be watching. That'll pump money into uh, less affluent areas. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it o- only good can come of Morocco winning. It's the same for um, if you're looking at uh, people wanting to get into football as well. Mm. There'll be a lot more like funding put in football academies. Yeah. I mean, I know UNICEF do a lot of work over there, but um, football academies as well. Like a lot more African kids will want to get into football, and it, it's just a huge. This is why I love with the World Cup. It can just bring everyone together, and there's always something good that comes out of it. It is a proper like festival of football, isn't it? Just like all the troubles go away around the World Cup and then after that's gone it's kind of like like well, a football hangover kind of we've noticed these last two days where we haven't had football since when was the last time we didn't have a game of football on a day <laughs> at least two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah. I've noticed over these last few days a lot more negativity has been around but yeah. like while the football's on that's all that matters mm-hmm. so I think that's why everyone hates when there's no tournament over the uh-huh. summer like that one year break we get where there's no tournament it's horrid because you literally sat around waiting for like a little inkling of a, a transfer rumour and that's it other than that you've got nothing to, uh, to look forward to even this year the fact that there was no real thing in the summer it was just it's but one it's boring but two that whole feel good factor around even the Euros and the World Cup it's just it's brilliant and it really like and even for like teams like I remember when Sunderland got relegated in 2018 we got relegated and then I was like oh the World Cup's World Cup's in a few weeks and then I just forgot about Sunderland it's like I don't know I think the World Cup was like the best thing on on the planet to be honest and I think that's why it brings people together and I think that's why everyone wants Morocco to win yeah you just want to say like everyone loves an underdog story oh yeah apart from the person who's playing them uh huh I think that's why everyone got behind um, behind Leicester because they were like, we're probably just never going to say it ever again. Right, getting off who will want to win because I think that's obvious who will want to win. Yeah. <laughs> who do we think will win? I don't think it'll be easy. It'll be a lot tougher than the Switzerland game for Portugal. But I think they'll just have enough. I think they do have the quality in the squad to um, get past Morocco. I'm going to say Portugal in extra time. Really, yeah, I think Morocco will put up a huge fight, and then they'll just burn out because they're going to be chasing shadows all game. Mm-hmm. So I think Portugal just nick it in extra time. It's going to go one or two. Is there's either they're just going to crash and burn. It's going to be all too much for them, and Portugal cruise it, or they'll just come out all guns blazing again, and they'll somehow get through. But realistically I'm going to say Portugal I do think it's uh, it's unfortunate to see I would love to see Morocco go that little bit further but yeah I think 
I mean, for Portugal, much better nation than Spain in my eyes. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Portugal have a little bit too much for Morocco. So looking ahead to Saturday night, seven o'clock, the big game. Ten o'clock local time at Albite Stadium, the biggest game of the quarters, England against France. It's an all-time affair. It goes back years. And who will prevail and go through to the semi-finals? Well, according to last week, had it down. Well, I was actually I was outvoted. This was a democratic decision that England's going to progress. Kyle Walker is going to pocket Kenny Mbappé, and England's going to progress. We did have this sort of discussion on the last podcast, but I think now it's actually happening. It's time for a proper preview of the game. My feelings tomorrow. Um, so Dom Aberdeen still thinks France. Yeah, obviously. It's not obvious. It is obvious. To nah, me, it is. N- to me, w- it's obvious. I don't think England winning isn't obvious, and France winning isn't obvious. It's a 50 50 again. It's going to go away. I know, but I just can't. I can't fathom it. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, it's obvious because I just. Not a single part of my being can see us beating France. We win that midfield battle, in my opinion. I agree. But that's not where the game's going to be won. It's going to be won be. on that left side of the French team and the right side of our team. That's where the game's won. Yeah. It's just a question of whether Kyle Walker... Well, assuming Kyle Walker will start, and if he doesn't, there'll be uproar on Twitter. I mean, I think both uh, Theo and Lucas Hernandez are out for the game, which means France may have to put a makeshift left-back in. So if we can get Bukayo Saka getting at this makeshift left-back, then we could uh, we could definitely see um, potential goals coming from down that side, but Mbappe is going to cause us similar problems. I think I do think Walker will be able to deal with them, but I would be shocked if he still got on the score sheet. He can come out of nowhere and score a goal, as we've seen against Poland. That third goal um, for France was just absolutely outstanding. It just whips that into the top corner. I'm looking at yeah, that midfield looking shaky for France, but many and Rabiot we've got uh, here. Like all day, I agree that all day the midfield battle is England, but it's just that. But that is where ninety percent of games are won. You know what I mean? And if you win that midfield battle, you've got every chance of winning. But like I said, it's it's this game is it's different. They've got the fa- arguably one of the fastest footballers we've ever seen. It's just this game is too big to be mucking around and finding out. Do you know what I mean? Right. We can't just punt it and hope. I just. I would go for the same team we've had. If Kane plays CDM, um, I'll cry. That's all I'm saying. I, I would uh, stick with that team. Um, I do think uh, Walker will be able to deal with Mbappe, but we've got to look on the other side as well. I mean, Dembele is absolutely outstanding player. I know, he's the not best uh, right wing too shabby world. either, is he? Um, you know, I reckon Luke Shaw's got it in, got it in him. I know you know what it is. I feel like we are so worried about Kenny Mbappe. It's going to call, call on the other side. We'll, f- we'll forget about the others that they've got. I mean, and then you've got Giroud. I mean, he he might not be Benzema, but he's not their top scorer for no reason. Uh, he knows it, where the back. It, it's only the he knows where the onion really bag is. Other than that, he, yeah, he, he uses that to his advantage. He facilitates yeah. the rest of the team by dropping deep and creating the space in he behind. He just he creeps up slow and steady wins the race, as they say. I think he's uh, he's runs into the box as well, uh, mightily timed, yeah. to say the least. He knows where the goal is, like I said. We could call it the onion bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah he's, he's the top scorer of France for a reason. 
You know what I mean? No, I definitely agree. I think, but I think I agree with you. I think the the game will be won in the midfield. I think it fully depends how both teams set up. We could sit back, let France have the ball, and limit Mbappe and Dembele as they will have less space in behind. I think that's where they're maybe less effective. Um, but if they sit back on us and let us have the ball, try and uh, let England break them down. I think that's where it becomes more difficult because we sometimes do have struggles and. But I think we are very dangerous as well. Like it's not. It's oh, definitely, yeah. I don't think it's a tale of us worrying about France. I think it's two very evenly matched, dangerous teams gonna go at it. I agree. I think if they if they get us, their their game plan for me will be to sit back, let England have the ball, try and let England break them down, and if we struggle to do that, they've got lightning pace on the counter attack. Lightning fast pace over them, Bappe and Dembele. Not too much Giroud. Giroud will be crawling up there <laughs> to make last man runs into the box. But they're just they're, they're set up really good. They're, they are one of the best teams in the world, but so are England, and that's well, why I think of, it's such a good tie. Out of the personal battle of Giroud and Pickford, who do you think wins that? It's hard, for, nah, it's it's hard to say a personal. It is battle. different, but it's just like you do have to like, you do have to take it into co- consideration. Compared to like a, stri- a, a winger and a right back, that's a. That's a battle that we'll see all game. I just, I don't know. I just think I don't think it's a personal battle. No. I think it's well, no, Giroud's not personal. Maybe that was the wrong, the wrong words. I don't know. I just find him, he's more than just a conventional striker. You've seen the goals he scores. Yeah, he just, he's, he's it's not an unpopular opinion to say that he's tricky. And I think Pickford's better in like those one-on-one situations. Mm-hmm. But like Giroud's unpredictability does worry me. I think the winner of the tournament. Is in this, this game. game, yeah. Well, actually, uh, well, you you uh, disagree with me. You think Argentina? Argentina I don't know. But I think the winner of the tournament is in this game. I think the finalist of the tournament, well, yeah. definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I just think the more it goes on, I was really confident about it just being Argentina still on last week. But like the more, I, the closer it gets to it, the the more I'm unsure. I just think. You gotta remember, you're also an England fan who wants England to win. That's why that'll be swaying you. Yeah? I know, but like, no, it's not even that. It's just like, even the other teams, like France. I'm like, I genuinely believe I want to see England win, but I just can't look past like everything that. The only real thing that's keeping me like me hopes alive is that our midfield is mint, and the fact that we we haven't lost in five. And they haven't kept a clean sheet in five. So there's guaranteed goals, really. What you go be a nil-nil on penalties now, like, but... I don't know. I just think sometimes the stats don't lie. I mean, we're 30 hours before the game. And As we've recording this. cannot put a score prediction on it for me. Um, it's just so, like, it's very difficult to try and pin how that game is going to go. Because I think... That, the two are very different teams, but they have similar qualities in the fact that if either team wants to sit back, it's it's, it's going to be a tactical masterclass from whichever manager wins it most likely. I think it'll be that like uh, the Germany game in the round of sixteen. I think it'll finish two 0 in ninety minutes, and I think England will win it. I think we're going to score early in the second half, and we're going to finish it off right to the death. I can't like I obviously can't say France scoring because of how good the attack is, but. I just feel like we'll be up for it that much. We'll be up for it that much that we'll just we'll have too much for them. So looking at the two teams, I've seen a bit of interest about 
what would be your combined 11s for the two nations? Oh. So, first of all, Larice Pickford. Pickford. Not even a contest for you? Nope. Pickford for England. For England like, yeah, we have to consider this at international level only. Yeah. yeah. Pickford for England is a different breed. He is. And Larice has conceded how many this World Cup? Well, like I said, they haven't kept a clean sheet. They haven't in kept five. a clean sheet in five games. Pickford's kept how many clean sheets? Three already. I think so. Yes. And uh, well, the two goals that Iran scored against us, one was a penalty, and the other was just a good strike. I I, th- I take Pickford for that every day of the week. That's uh, yeah. No, I think I can agree with that. Then if we look at the back four across, I think you've got, I think Walker trumps Kunde. Is there? Um, yeah. I think that's not really a contest. For the centre backs, I'm honestly going to take both England centre backs. So Maguire. we've got Stones for Maguire. International level only. Who? For France? Varane and Upamecano. For international level, I'm taking Maguire. I'm going to see it because brilliant. since Varane joined Man United and I've been seeing him week in, week out, I've been very unimpressed with him. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been. He hasn't like uh, done anything this World Cup that stands out. So it wouldn't be ridiculous to say that I'd take an England centre back over him. And Upe Meccano, I can't really comment on as much because I don't see him as much. Mm-hmm. I think for me, Varane and Maguire, you can take either, but I'd uh, I'd say Maguire just just based on like what he's done for international level. Like I'm not at club level, not really much of a contest for me. I do think Varane, you've got to play him because. Um, he actually started for Man United this season, but for international, yeah, I'm going to take him. Then we've got Theo Hernandez as the left back for Luke Shaw. I, I really, really rate Luke Shaw, but I think we're going to have to put some France players in there at some point. <laughs> um, we're on the midfield. I think with the way Griezmann's been playing as a centre mid this tournament, I think he goes in there for me, along with Chouamani and Bellingham. I was going to say if you I'd, don't, I think I'd have them in there. I think the only nailed on Well, ones. we've been seeing that we win that midfield battle and you've just put two of France midfielders. I, I, do, I think as a, in, as a midfielder, England's functions better. But if we're going to play for player, no. that's what I'd probably do. Maybe I'd swap Rice out for Chouameni, but that's Rice and I disagree completely. I th- well, actually, if we're going player for player, as opposed to like how they work together as a team, you'd have Griezmann over Henderson. But I think Bellingham... Absolutely has to be in there, and I think yeah. Rice absolutely has to be in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking any France midfielder over Bellingham, and uh, the same with Rice, to be honest. And I'd probably say the same with Henderson, but Griezmann's just that good. Hendo's and even though he's playing in a different position, team. he's playing like in a more attacking role, which Henderson obviously can't. I'm gonna go with Griezmann. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair enough. I, I do think the only the, the only nailed on ones for me that like not really up for debate is. Walker, Bellingham and Kane for me they're the sets that get into that France team then if you look at the three we've said I mean Drew cred to him but he's no Harry Kane he's not Harry Kane he's no Harry Kane and as much as I love England's attack I don't think any of them get ahead of Mbappe and Dembele for me Dembele is one of the best right wingers in the world you could argue Saka because I think he's uh, on par with him but I mean no one's come close to Mbappe for me the best player in the world right now is Kylian Mbappe not for Liam though no Haaland man oh god Every day that, that's a debate for another time um, <laughs> and Dembele and Saka you take either for me but Dembele is an absolutely outstanding player and when he's on his best form he can be at his best uh, he can 
produce outrageous performances but so can Bukayo Saka so for me so we've gone Pickford uh, Theo Nandes Stones Maguire slash Varane either way Koundé uh, no sorry Carl Walker right back I think we've agreed on Bellingham Rice and Griezmann as the midfield yeah. and Bappe Dembele and Harry Kane we'll be there absolutely he's, he's going Dembele over Saka yeah that's, uh, that's what I was saying I think uh, you can go either for me but Dembele is one of the best right wingers in the world. But, um, yeah, but I, I rate Saka so highly. He's honestly my favourite player in the England squad. So I think you can go either way. I but, just uh, think Saka does it on a weekly basis in the best league in the world. Mm-hmm. Dembele has played all right this tournament. Saka's played all right this tournament. But man for man, I, I'd go Saka every day of the week, mate. That's, that's I know, but we're talking about we're not talking about uh, league. We're talking about I know, but like he, he's Saka's on form in the hardest league to play in the world. Well. Arguably the hardest league to play in the world, and Dembele is doing it in Spain. No, I'm not. I'm not disregarding Saka's class at all. I just think I, I just think Saka plays at a higher level than Dembele, arguably. So he's gonna perform better in this quarterfinal because he's used to this pressure week in week out. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's fair. Oh, well, I wouldn't argue either strongly. I think I'm. Mbappe is not really a contest. I think Mbappe, even though Phil Fallen is yes. absolutely quality, yeah. arguably technically more gifted, but I think Mbappe is just he's something else, like, isn't yeah, he? He's absolutely outstanding. Fantastic player. So we are going to have to come to some sort of conclusion about this game. How, how do we see it? For, as I say, I can't put a score prediction on it, but we're going to have to pick a winner. France. I'm just putting it out there. I know you both disagree with us, but I'm saying now, France. I'm going to go with England 2 0 in 90 minutes. It's it's just a very tough game to call. I wouldn't be surprised whoever wins it. I'd be very disappointed if England go out. I feel like it's a, you go out to France, you can have your head held high, but quarter final of a World Cup, you feel like it's a bit wasted. Like This team would do so much better than that. I feel like if we beat France, we can go on and get into the final. I'm going to go with my heart. I think we can do them on penalties. I'm going to go for England on penalties. So we are there's that the onion bags prediction. England to, England win. to win. Come on, England! And progress to the semi-final where we will face Portugal, mm-hmm. and Brazil will face Argentina in the semi-final if we predict correctly. I mean, they're two very good semi-finals to look forward to, and what has been an outstanding World Cup so far. So that concludes our quarter-final preview, including the big one on Saturday night. England against France when you next hear from us we will have a World Cup final set will England be in it let's see if we can beat France and then Portugal or Morocco it could be Morocco uh, be sure to check us out on however you listen to your podcast Spotify, Soundcloud or the Sparks on the website thank you again for listening to the Onion Bag presented by Spark and check out Spark on 107 FM thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next week take care